wrong time guarded by rogues? I don't know. A sneak peek. It's time for a compelled duel. <laughs> Valsine discovered some shit, didn't she? Yeah, <laughs> a few things. Yeah, you rescued the bard Mira, whose name it turns out was actually Sabine Javaris. It turns out that Sabine was connected to a secret society, conspiracy theory, something of that type, and yeah. also was connected to Soren Shakrana, Leo's ex-fiance, and also the guy that shipped Fee and Fen all the way to the opposite side of the country by messing up their teleportation circle. And the time before that, Leo also uncovered some conspiracy bullshit in a less productive way. <laughs> he was sent to dig up some information on the uncle of King Warren Donchaser by Warren's mom because somebody was trying to assassinate the boy king. And turns out somebody beat him to the uncle by quite a bit. <laughs> we join Leo in the city of Lockham once again, in the bedroom of Ferdinand Dogchaser <laughs> with his wife and his corpse, and an open window. What is Leo doing? I'm gonna look in the bed and see what I see. Okay, you see a whole lot of blood, and a halfling man, mid-forties, extremely dead. Still warm, but quite dead. Okay. Uh, you can roll a medicine check to see. Twelve. Not super great. Seemed like he got stabbed real good. Sure. This looks like a hit, right? I mean, yeah. Okay. Yeah, sleeping guy stabbed in his bed. Seems like a hit. I have a hunch about where this is going, and so does Leo for a lot of different reasons. I need to absolve us of implication in this as quickly as possible. Leo turns around to, I'm assuming, the recent widow, and kind of puts his hands up and says, We heard the screams from outside, we're here to help. What happened? This middle-aged halfling lady is inconsolable. She's like sobbing with her hands over her mouth. Okay, I'm- Like she is not in a frame of mind for conversation, it seems like. I cast Calm Emotions. Oh, yikes. Okay. That's going to be a DC 14 Charisma saving throw. That's an A. She doesn't get it. Oh, Zed's also going to have to roll because he's going to be in the sphere. Oh, great. And so will I, but I'm, I'm already... Yeah, am I calm? I don't know. <laughs> I'm, no. Leo could also use the Calm Emotions, so hold on. Oh, you could choose to fail it. Uh, yeah, I definitely choose to take my uh, my magical Xanax real quick. Oh, God. That makes a safe. <laughs> wow, okay. Yeah, I'm gonna rephrase again. We're here to help. What happened? I, I, um, she like slowly lowers her hands from her mouth and goes, I, I don't know. I was, I was sleeping. I heard something creak. I heard the window open, I think. 
and 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 oh god Ferdinand and she like puts both hands over her chest she looks like shell shocked I am going to use my message cantrip for the first time and send a message to Zed telepathically this shit just got exponentially more dangerous I need to go find Warren now you look around here meet me at the end Response. Got it. Uh, just gonna leave the widow here. Uh, I'll message her back again. She has guards to protect her, and right now I'm starting to be afraid that Warren doesn't have anybody protecting him. I need to go. Got it. Uh, and he just nods, and he's gonna head out. Okay. Yeah, I mean, before he goes, Leo's gonna turn around to the widow and just tell her this room and out into the hallway will probably keep you calm. I did some clerical magic to help you relax a little bit. Get your guards in here. If there's anything I can do to help you get to the bottom of this, please let me know. And I'm going to give her, like, one of my letters of pedigree or whatever. Okay. Like, yeah. My fantasy business card. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> because you've calmed emotions, she doesn't know what to feel that is not consuming horror and grief at this moment, so she's kind of not feeling anything. She's kind of checked out. So she just kind of takes it and goes, Right. Yes. Uh, and then she, like, goes to sit back on the bed and then realizes and goes and sits on a chair on the other side of the room and just puts her head in her hand. Oh, the sphere's gonna extend out into the hallway. It's a 20-foot radius, so, like, that's 40 feet of area. I'm, that's fair. Yeah, I think if she's not herself, I'm gonna, like, usher her out into the hallway so she doesn't okay. have to sit in there with that. Jesus. Yeah. So, yeah, Leo does that, and then he is going to fucking book it out of the house. And I think as soon as he gets out of the sphere of where the calm emotions is, he is getting out of the house and, like, around a corner to where nobody can see him, and he's gonna check to make sure nobody can see him. And just sinks to the ground with his back up against the wall and does that thing where it's like he cannot have a panic attack right now, so he just puts a fist to his mouth and just coughs it back. Just sobs hysterically for like five seconds and then coughs it down and then stands up and I'm sprinting to the inn. Okay. You run back to the inn. Uh, Are you going back to the room that you were in earlier? Yes, running. Okay. Not stopping. Okay. You open the door and Eleonora Ashthorne is having her hair braided by Warren Donchaser. <laughs> it's not going super well because Warren has very pudgy little hands. He's a 10 year old. And Eleonora has like jaw length hair. <laughs> so, it, but he's doing his best. Doing one of those like tiny preteen braids. It's not good. <laughs> they look up and Eleonora says, Oh, hey, Leo. Oh, thank Kimrel. I. Leo runs in and fucking hugs Warren, like, pulls him to him super tight. He looks a little confused. Hi, Leo. Eleanor said we were gonna have a sleepover. Uh, we... we are, dude. I... yeah, I'm here for that. Um, Zed's gonna be here soon, too. You remember my friend from the Order of the Golden Tusk? Big oh, dude? Oh, big guy, yeah. Yeah, he's, he's super cool, right? Yeah. I need to go talk to Eleonora for a second. Are you cool to hang out in here? Okay. I need you to go lock the window for me, okay? Okay. 
he like goes over and locks the window and then over his shoulder he's like can we get snacks I will go right downstairs and get snacks I promise I just really quick and I look at Eleonora and like jerk my head into the hallway her eyebrows draw together a little bit and she like nods slowly and then goes out the hallway with you what the fuck is going on Leo Ferdinand Donchaser's dead I didn't make him that way before you start throwing accusations, but somebody sure did. Zed and I were... I, I know, I know, I know. Um, Zed and I were casing out the house. We heard screaming. We ran inside. Somebody got in through a window and knifed him in his bed. Oh, God. You have to realize what this is, right? This guy that has beef with the Queen Regent goes down when the council's in town on the eve of assassination attempts made on the king. This is... Eleanor, this is a frame job. Why would... Look, I just need you to trust me on this. I know that this is going to sound like I am pulling things out of thin air right now, but just trust me on it. Leo's voice is starting to shake. Okay, okay. When a little boy's mother is the only thing keeping him from falling victim to animosity from his own family, sometimes people will go to very great lengths to get that mother out of the way. I think this was set up so Wilhelmina's gonna take the fall for it. Shit, okay, uh, we have to get her out of here too then, right? Yeah, they, like, they both have to go, which I, I can go back to the palace, I can try to get her and get her out and maybe get some more information about what's going on here. Somebody put out a hit on that guy. Wilhelmina's not gonna go without, uh, putting up quite a bit of a fight, if I know her at all. I have some things that I can tell Wilhelmina that I think will probably convince her. You know how you said that you've seen parts of this before? I have too. Okay, okay. We can't let Warren know that this is happening. Obviously not. I'm not a big proponent of lying to kids, but if he freaks out, he puts himself in danger. Yeah, obviously. So, you stay here, keep him calm, give him snacks, give him whatever he wants, maybe try to knock him out if you can. A little hot toddy, never hurt nobody, just give him (laughs) a little whiskey. Where's Zed? Zed's checking out the crime scene. Oh my god, why did I leave Zed to check out the crime scene? It's his job, Yeah, he's a bounty hunter. Oh god, I don't know how much forensic knowledge the man has. (laughs) So, he's checking that out. He knows that we're reconvening here. Should I, should I try to send a message to my father, see if he can help us with something? No. No, I, I don't know who we can trust right now, and honestly, Eleonora, I, I know, again, I sound like I'm freaking out, and you're gonna probably hit me for this. I want you to look me in the eye and tell me that I can trust you. She, like, draws back a little and frowns, and goes, you can trust me. Can I trust you? At least as far as this is concerned. I'd like to roll inside on her. Okay. 22. She looks confused and a little bit worried. She looks a little bit... Not offended that you've asked, but a little upset that you asked. And as you, like, try to read her intentions on her face, her expression sets and goes very hard with resolve, and she says, Alright, 
I'll stay here with Warren. You go try and get Wilhelmina. She's a stubborn old lady, but... How are we getting them out of the city? You said royal carriage? I will need to make up an excuse for my father if I try to use ours. Um, unless you can talk to Bertrand. But we obviously shouldn't use anything that is affiliated with the Don Chaser name. I don't know how much we can trust Bertrand either. This is a big power move. Somebody high up is the one moving it around. I just don't know who. Who's got reason to want Warren dead and Wilhelmina out of the way, but still killing the guy that was trying to usurp it? Um, Warren has a, a council of advisors. Most of them don't like Wilhelmina much. Uh, of the council itself, maybe Fang, maybe... No, he wouldn't. Uh, I've known these people my whole life. It's not exactly easy to point out which of them I think is capable of murder, Leo. That's not my experience with knowing people my entire life, but okay. After the war, everyone and no one on that council is capable of killing someone. Fair enough. I'm gonna go keep an eye on war and stay away from the windows. Yes, obviously. I know the trail. Zed'll be back soon. Leo just gets her by the shoulders, his hands are still shaking, but he gives her shoulders a squeeze and then just goes. Okay, you're going back to the castle? Yeah, okay. full tilt. I mean, if I can get a carriage or something, yeah. that'd be great. You go back to the castle, uh, the council is not in session. You could ask where Wilhelmina is. I'm gonna do that, yeah, I'm gonna yeah. find the nearest guard and just ask where the Queen Regent is. Go ahead and roll Persuasion. Another 22. Nice. Uh, yes, Sir Falsine, was it? Uh, Grand Duke Falsine. Her Royal Majesty is, uh, in her study. It's, uh, two flights up, second door on the left. Going, going, gone. Do you just burst in the door of this old lady's office? Yeah, he's in panic okay. mode. I, I think he does. Wilhelmina is sitting at her desk, just marking off a couple forms. Looks like she's concentrating. She looks up when you come in, she goes... Ah, Lord Valsign, hello. Grand Duke Valsign, is this a safe place to talk? As uh, safe as anywhere. Excellent. I'm shutting the door behind me. Your brother-in-law's dead. Oh. This is not a good thing. Oh. Well, okay. He was dead when Mr. Stonebloom and I arrived at his residence. From an assassination that came in through the window. And stabbed him in bed next to his wife. Is that the story we're going with? That is what actually, factually happened. I think we have both been had. She, uh, very deliberately puts her quill down, closes one of the books on her desk, stands up, and says, Hellfire, tarnation, and fuck! My sentiments exactly. You're <sighs> aware of where this is going, right? Obviously, I'm not an idiot. Oh, God. She pinches the bridge of her nose. Despite the fact that you did contract me for an actual assassination, this is a frame job, given that the assassination yes. that you ordered did not happen. We need to get you and Warren out of the city immediately. I can't just leave. If I may be frank with you, Your Majesty, you will be leaving one way or another. Either you will leave the city with us and your son so we can keep you safe, or you will leave your son's life permanently when whoever committed this frame job gets what they want. Roll persuasion. 23. She looks a little shaken by that. She goes, 
if I leave, I'm giving them exactly what they want. What they want is you and Warren dead. We don't have time for much conversation beyond this. I can tell you I have personal experience. If they get you out of the way, Warren will be dead in a week. Or something much worse will happen to him. I can vouch for this. Something worse than death happened to me when someone took my mother away. She clenches her hands into fists and, like, goes white knuckle for a second. And just bites her lip and closes her eyes. And then she nods herself and goes, Alright, alright. Yes, uh, what's the plan? We have Warren at an inn down in the city. We're going to attempt to somehow get the Ashthorn Royal Carriage down there, sneak you two out in the back, either take you to Estermouth or to Irie, somewhere that we can lock you down, conceal you, have you be safe until we can figure out what's going on here. I do not trust the defenses of Estermouth or Irie to be dedicated to keeping myself and Warren safe. Where do you propose? would still be standing after the war. There are smaller villages around that are loyal to something a bit older than the monarchy of Lockham that I can take advantage of. Uh, I know, if you will allow me to direct this escape attempt. Okay, let's get you to the inn. I need to figure out a way to get you out of here without anybody seeing you with me. I got nothing, so we're going to have to roll a hell of a stealth check. Dirty 20, baby. All right, all from Lamina. That's a 15. You managed to sneak the Queen Regent of Lockham out of her own castle? I'm very practiced in sneaking out of castles. As you tell her that you need to sneak out, she, I think, pulls like a scarf out of her desk and just ties her hair up out of the way, and then pulls out a cloak from a wardrobe against a wall next to a bookcase, and then just throws it over her head. It half-shadows her face. She looks pretty unobtrusive. The cloak is not something you would expect her to wear at all. It's very rough, like very scuffed up. You sneak by completely unnoticed. Okay, yeah, I'm taking her back to the inn. Okay. You get back to the inn. Zed is in the room with Eleanor and Warren. They're playing cards. (laughs) Oh, no! As soon as you walk in, Warren's head pops up and he goes, Mom! And then runs across the room and just hugs Wilmina around the waist. And she goes to hug him back and closes her eyes for a second and looks like, raw. Oh, hey, Warren. Hey, darling. I brought her to the sleepover. Awesome! He, like, lets her go and spins around and you watch Wilmina shut her face back down and then just, like, smile really pleasantly. Okay, uh, do we have other games? This is boring. Zed from the other side of the room where he's like holding a hand of cards because, hey! Because you weren't letting him bet on it, man. I mean, if you're going to teach the kid to gamble, teach the kid to gamble. Warren says, yeah, teach me to gamble. <laughs> and then Wilhelmina says, ooh, that's not. So I think that we're going to do another fun sleepover tradition. I used to do this one when I was a kid. Okay. Warren, have you ever heard the word joyriding before? <sighs> What's that mean? It means exactly what it sounds like, buddy. We're going to take a carriage, and we're going to go for a ride. Oh, yay! And I look over at Eleanor, like, we're going to take a carriage, right? Yeah, see, um, and she, like, leans really close to her, and she says, See, it's no fun if you take your own carriage, so we're going to borrow my dad's. (laughs) We're going to borrow it without asking, Warren. (sighs) 
And where it gets that gleeful look that ten-year-olds get when you tell them they can do something they're not supposed to. Let's go, let's go, let's go, let's go. Joyriding. Joyriding, yup. And then I would like to just get them out of this fucking city as quickly as possible. Yeah. I'm gonna roll group stealth. Oh, here, I'll contribute to that. That was only a 14. Okay. You go back towards the direction of the castle to the royal stables, and Eleonora, I think, is going to take one of her, like, chakram blade things and break a lock on a big stall in the royal stables. Hell yeah. She, like, shrugs. She says, easier than getting the key. She opens this door up, and you see the big royal carriage with the ashthorn crest on it. And she goes, okay, let's go. I go, I get in the carriage. I don't know how to drive a carriage. I hope somebody here does. I think Zed will say, I kind of know how to drive a carriage, and I'm the only person that no one's going to recognize on sight. There's always one in every friend group that can drive. And Eleonora hops up, and she, like, goes to her, and she goes, Hey, do you want to play hide-and-seek? Okay. And then she throws a blanket over his head. And you gotta be really quiet so nobody finds you, right? And from under the blanket, Warren goes, Yeah! Um, is there room for me to go, like, sit shotgun with Zed? Yeah. I can't be in the carriage with this family. Leo can't handle that right now. He's in full trauma response mode. You hop up on the front seat, and Zed goes, You gonna navigate? Let's go! And you head off. I dissociate for the entire trip. Ooh, yikes. <laughs> I think once you're outside city gates and no one can see you, there is a tap-tap on the carriage from the inside, and Wilhelmina says, Stop so I can figure out where we're going. You stop, and then Wilhelmina, like, bustles out of the carriage and brushes herself off and goes, I have to figure out what's still standing out here. It's been a while. Do you want to switch seats? Yeah, that would probably be a good idea. Uh, we may have to cross the lake. You know better than I do. And yeah, yeah I'm going to hop down out of the front seat and go just try to keep Warren and myself occupied. Some time passes, the carriage is bustling along, and then the carriage stops again, and you hear a slow rushing of water. And then Wilhelmina says, here, everybody hop out. I hop out, take the blanket off of Warren's head. <laughs> yeah, he pops back up, hair completely fucked up. He hops out, and then his mom just, like, smiles at him and goes, Warren, honey, do you and I have a cape? And he goes, yeah, sure! And then she will take the blanket that was in the carriage and just, like, tie it around his neck. <laughs> if anything happens to yeah. this child, Al, I just want to let you know <laughs> that, like, on a personal level, I bury the person, know where you sleep, and I will come <laughs> for you. That's fair, that's fair, that's fair. Well, I mean, it just leans close to Warren and says, we're gonna play a secret mission, okay? Remember the rules? And then Warren says, yeah, be quiet, keep my head down. And she goes, good job. And remember, take the cape. And then she, like, makes a motion like she's hugging herself. Keep it tucked real tight, okay? And then he grabs the cape and tucks it around himself, and you have no idea that he is dressed in still cane clothes. That's what I'm talking about, baby. Let's get these people out of here. <laughs> she says to Warren, we're gonna go for a boat ride. We're gonna go talk to one of Mommy's friends, okay? And then Warren says, okay. She points out a boathouse, and he just, like, takes off. Keeping one eye on him, Wilhelmina says, it's not an official ferry, and it's probably going to stink like fish, but... Again, I left my own country in a wine barrel. I don't have high standards. Fair enough. Um, I drank the wine out of the barrel so I could fit in it. Zed goes, nice. Eleanor says, are we just going to leave the carriage here, or... 
Should I take it back? I would like you to come with us, but also leaving an evidence trail isn't something we want to do. Yeah. I don't want to have this be the way things play out, but yes, you take the carriage back to the city. Go. Be safe, Eleonora, please. I do my best. Go back to the city, go back to the palace. Try to recuse yourself from the situation as much as you can. We don't want misplaced suspicion falling on any of us. Yes, obviously. She's gonna, like, grab you by the shoulders and just lean over and kiss you on the cheek and say, Be safe. Keep everybody else safe. I'll see you soon. (laughs) And then she hops back up on the front seat of the carriage and she's off. Leo just stands there blinking. (laughs) (laughs) Just very bemusedly, and I think blushing, just the darkest possible shade of blue. God. Zed, like, pats him on the back and says, Alright, let's go. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, yep. Getting on the boat, saving the ten-year-old, assassination attempts, people are dying, let's go. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah, Warren has already, like, entered the boathouse that his mom pointed him towards, and Willemian is following after him. You enter, and you see just the oldest lady, just, like, bent back, crooked nose. Looks like she's seen some shit. Hello. She, like, looks over at you balefully, and then just, like, grumbles. And then Willemian says, don't mind Agnes, she's a bit of a strange one. And then, like, raises her voice and says, But a very dear friend, and one that I have a lot of gratitude for. And Agnes just, like, waves her off. And Warren is sitting in the boat she's fussing with. Like, joy right, joy right, joy right. He's gonna start chanting with him, joy right, joy yeah. right, joy right. Yeah, joins in also. Wilhelmina. <laughs> <laughs> As the boat is untied and Agnes is opening the door, she's talking to Agnes very quietly. You can't really hear what they're saying. You can try, but... Okay, yeah, I'll... Yeah. Would that be, what, perception? Uh, yeah. Mod 22. Damn. Ooh, remind me what languages you speak. I speak common, draconic, dwarvish, and elvish. Okay, you don't understand what they're saying. There's repetition of something that it kind of sounds like a title... You guess from, like, the tone that it's set in from Agnes, and Wilhelmina waves her off, and then a little bit louder in common, she says, and thank you again just so much for the favor. Where are the oars? And then Agnes, like, points her towards a box, and she goes over and grabs a couple of oars for the boat, and she says, all right, here we go. Hops in the boat and hands an oar to Zed. Sail across the lake. What's your passive perception? Sixteen. Okay. You don't see anyone coming after you. Like, it appears that you have gotten away from the city with not a lot of fanfare. Perfect. Yeah. The lake is still clear. There's just the sound of Zed and Wilhelmina just rowing across the lake. And... Oh, oh, I mean, like, I'll take... No, I won't. Never mind. (laughs) I, like, just got this manicure. I really don't want to screw it up. God! You just row in silence for a couple hours. I think Warren starts trying to play, like, a road trip game. I spy something blue. Is it the water? Yeah. I spy something wet. Is it the water? Yep. I spy something... moving. Is it the boat? Yeah. And this just goes on for, like, a couple hours. (laughs) Warren is trying so hard to keep himself occupied. I spy something fleeting and impermanent. No guesses? It's my belief in the inherent good of the world. 
So you get to the other side of this lake. And Wilhelmina nods to herself and brushes herself off and then says, Damn, I wish I'd worn pants. Well, nothing for it. Let's hike. And she just, like, sets off up a hill. I also wish I had worn pants. You know the other side of the lake is, like, butting up against the mountain range that kind of separates the sovereign principalities of Tardun from Darrier. The low population nation on the other side. You don't really know a lot about it. Wilhelmina sets off, and then she turns to Zed as you're walking. She goes, do you know anything about settlements in this area? I haven't been over since, oh, jeez, before Warren was born. And Zed goes, I mean, a lot of shit got mowed down during the war. I know that. I don't know about any big towns over here. She goes, I used to know more, but eh, you get older, you get married, you stay in one city for hmm, 15 years. And I haven't really heard any communications from the area, but I know where we can go. And you set off. You're walking for like a few hours. I think it's like almost dawn. Warren is half asleep on his feet. I'm going to just kind of message Zed like, hey, can you get the kid? Zed turns to Warren and he says, hey, you want to do a piggyback ride? And then Warren goes, yeah. And Zed just like hoists him. And you get to a small clearing in the woods. And you see a stone structure a little bit further in the woods. And then Wilhelmina puts her arms up to, like, stop everybody and says, Wait just a moment. Okay. And then she clears her throat and says something in the same language she was talking to Agnes in. Fuck, okay. There's a pause. And then out of the woods comes a little figure. A little bit taller than you, maybe like five and a half feet tall. A very solidly built young man, you think. Wearing a brown cloak. Big, rounded ears. Almost like a deer's ears. Brown skin with splotches of a slightly lighter brown all around, and a little snub nose. Looks like a deer in the face a lot. And as he steps into the clearing, there is a little skeletal bird. That flies out of the trees, it circles around all of you once, and then flies back and sits on his shoulder. This dude calls out, Hello. Are you looking for, uh, the Red Lady? In common? Yes. What the fuck is going on, man? <laughs> Wilhelmina, with her hands up, says, We seek refuge with her, yes. For once in his fucking life, Laryl Valsine is keeping his mouth shut. He has no idea what to do with this. Wilhelmina seems to know what the hell she's doing. He seems very camouflaged against the woods, like stepping around the perimeter of the clearing. If you're not looking for him too closely, he almost vanishes between steps. As you walk over, he's like squinting, and then he looks directly at you, Leo, and he says, What are you? <laughs> What am I? What are you? I asked you first. I asked you second. This guy, like, spreads his hands a little wide and goes, Uh, Ravain Sorel, necromancer extraordinaire and last son of the elves of the Circle of Blood of Almore, at service. Oh, you're not an elf, buddy. I'm an elf. No, you're not. He, like, looks you up and down and goes, I don't know what you are, but an elf is not it. 
It is hard to express how much this man does not look like you or any of you ever known, Leo. He has like ruddy undertones, deep brown skin. Not that there aren't brown skinned elves in Asturia, but not. But they're blue. Underneath. Yeah, yeah, like they, they have blue or like purple or silver undertones. Ravena is, he has these really warm undertones. He doesn't have the slitted pupils that you're used to, just like really dark, round eyes. When he opens his mouth, you can see that like his teeth are recognizably blunter than you're used to. And Asturian elves tend to have jaggedly pointed ears. His go straight up, almost in like a flower petal shape, like very rounded, very folded. Does he even glow in the dark? It doesn't seem that way, as he's like stepping in the shadows of the trees. The fuck is this guy? He's squinting really hard, he goes, Uh, I have no idea what you are. I told you, I'm an elf, but it seems that we do have common ground, however, I did hear that necromancy. I cast uh, an accessory chill touch, and I make the phantasmal skeletal hand of a chill touch come out of my holy symbol and just wave at him. He looked pretty confused, but his face brightens, he goes, Oh! Wonderful. And he turns to the bird and on his shoulder he says, Sweetie, go over there. And the little bird flies over, does another circle, and then lands on your shoulder. Hi! It's a skeleton bird? It's a skeleton bird. Oh, hell yeah. A horrifying, hollow little tweet comes out of this bird. Hi, baby. I pet it. It, like, nuzzles you with its skull. <laughs> oh my god! That is visibly trying not to look too hard at the bird. No, this bird's my new best friend. <laughs> Don't get it twisted, dog. Ravane goes, and then the bird flies back. Bye, baby. I love you. <laughs> he uh, shakes his head and goes, uh, but yes, you wanted to... Yes, here. Uh, and he, like, nods over his shoulder and he says, the tower is just this way, if you would like to, everyone. Highland. And he just, like, turns around and heads towards this structure you can see through the trees. It is very strange-looking. It looks like at one point it was a solidly constructed stone tower. It is leaning and, like, been corrected by, like, stilts. Uh, They almost look like just living trees just holding the thing up. So it goes up and then tilts and then tilts back and goes up again. There are big sections of it that have just been replaced with, like, mud or wood. It looks like it has been through a lot. It looks like it's been around for a while, and it was not made to last as long as it has. And he just, like, waves you through, and you go into, like, a very nice little round kitchen. Just very warm. There's smells of, like, spices and good food. Very hearty sort of fare. And he says... Okay, I'm going to make tea for everyone. And then he notices Warren for the first time on Zed's shoulders. Oh, oh god, uh, I can put him to bed, um, if that would please everyone. And Wilhelmina just kind of nods and goes, uh, that would be appreciated. He goes, alright, and then he like picks Warren up and bustles up the stairs. And you see other animal skeletons just kind of rustling around the kitchen. I'm going to lean over to Wilhelmina and go, no, but really... Does he actually think he's an elf? Because somebody needs to talk to him. Wilhelmina leans back over to you and says, He's a uh, dowrier elf, dear. 
the only variety I was aware of before you came in. And she brushes her hair back, and for the first time you see her ears, and there's a subtle, like, twisted point to them. Yeah, cool, because I needed another crisis today. (laughs) Um, She just kind of, like, shrugs. She says, as far as I knew, there weren't a lot. Darabir has sort of been through the ringer quite some time ago. To my knowledge, and then she nods upstairs to where Ravain has gone with Warren. That one and the Red Lady, who's the keeper of this tower, are the only ones that I know of personally that are still alive. Are we safe here? Is Warren safe here? Yes. Uh, the Red Lady's a bit of a folktale, but she apparently will offer refuge if you ask for it. From the other side of you, Zed says, we don't actually think she's real, right? Like, I've heard of her, but there's no way that someone could do all the things that she's supposed to have done. Even setting aside activities attributed to her, she'd have to be over 200 years old. Zed, honey. What? Zed, baby, honey, how old do you think I am? He, like, looks you up and down, he says, You want me to be nice, or you want me to be honest? Please give me your most honest estimate. <laughs> Leo smiles very large. Eh, a rough 26. Well, first of all, hold on. What about <laughs> me looks rough, asshole? <laughs> Not rough. Tired is the word. Gotta get better about my skincare. Anyway, shithead, I'm 130. Bullshit. I pull out my fucking scroll of pedigree that probably has my birth date and birthplace on it and show it to him. He, like, holds it up, squints at it, and then holds it up so there's light going through it from the torches. Bullshit. And then Ruvain bustles down the stairs. He goes, okay, uh, tea, that's what I was doing. And then he bustles over to a stove and gets a kettle out from somewhere. Hold on, I have a theory. How old are you, bone boy? I don't know exactly, but somewhere around 115. Zed again says, Bullshit! And Ruvain says, Ah, yes, tea, um, food. You probably haven't eaten. I'm so hungry. Yes, I will get, and then he like bustles around and opens up a box and pulls out like some fruit. And he's slicing things up and getting things prepared when the door opens again. And an older wood elf woman with tied back, thick, coily red hair, a little lighter than Ravain, but with more of the splotches and wearing a thick cloak. She opens the door and she says, ah, visitors. And nothing else as she like bustles across the room and takes the cloak off, hangs it up, and then wipes dust off her hands and hangs up a big longbow that's strapped to her back. Over her shoulder, she says, I see you've met the boy. Bug boy? (laughs) Yes, he's enchanting. Would you be the red lady? As she like gets her stuff settled on the wall, she says, no, but uh, she comes and goes as she pleases. Interesting. Look at me. What do you think I am? She looks at you for the first time. She goes, Hell if I know. What is this, some kind of gorilla? I'm an elf! No, you're not. She completely disregards you, turns to Ruvain, and she says, Do you have the kettle on, dear? Ah, yes, I've already prepared your mug. Did you have a good night, Salika? And then she, like, busies herself with preparing her cup of tea, and she goes, It was a night, as always, my dear. 
And Wilhelmina clears her throat and says, <clears throat> Wilhelmina of Arness, uh, seeking refuge for myself and my son. The wood elf lady looks her up and down, appraisingly. Her mouth thins to a line. And she goes, Alright, I accept. There are rooms upstairs. You can stay for a few weeks. And then I will see what I can do with you. And then she, like, gestures at you and Zed and goes, Who are these? Lero Valsine, Grand Duke of Australia, at your service, my lady. Am an elf, by the way, not a gremlin. As you say, Grand Duke of Australia, her mouth thins again. And her jaw sets. <laughs> and then she says, You may stay one night. I won't have you in my house. Not the first time I've heard that. Totally respected. And then she turns to Ravain and says, I won't have this. And then he says, I just found him in the woods. Not a lot I can do about it. You always tell me to take in whoever's asking, so. And then she sighs really loudly through her nose. <sighs> All right. Roll an inside check. 18. As her face set in response to your introduction, um, her posture, like, shifted lower to the ground, shoulders rolled back, like she's ready to fend for herself. I'm going back out, alright? Ruben nods and goes, uh, I'll see you for dinner, as she, like, leaves. <laughs> so does your associate have issues with Australians that I need to know about? He, uh, kind of, like, looks around, like, looking for assistance on this one, and <laughs> a little squirrel skeleton halfway across the kitchen just, like, raises its paws, like, I don't know. And Ravane says, uh, I don't really know a lot about a lot of things. I Big fucking mood, buddy. <laughs> it's mostly just been me, Selka, and Talendra my entire life. I don't get out much. I live here. I mean, Farrah, has she ever said something about Australia before? Because she just got very odd. I don't know what that is. It's a country that I'm going to be the king of soon. It's a long story. Sounds weird. Uh, do you want oolong? Oolong would be great. <laughs> okay, so he makes some tea. Do you want to do something specific while you're here? I for sure would like to take a long rest and reprep my spells and everything. That's not what I want to do first, though. I don't want to directly go take my long rest. I'd like to find somewhere outside and away from people. It's a tower in the middle of the woods. You could go out and sit against a tree or something. Yep, going. Okay. Leo walks out into the woods. I'm. He's gonna look around and make sure that nobody is there watching him and then have a fucking apocalyptic tear panic attack just curled Ooh. up in the roots of a tree. And then he's gonna go back to the tower. Blue, bloodshot eyes. Definitely looks like he's been crying. He's probably not trying to cover that up too much. Because Warren's asleep. Yeah, I think while you were doing that, well, you know, went up to bed. Ruvain's still bustling around his kitchen, and uh, Zed is trying his best to sit at a very small table. He's, like, visibly too big for the chair that he's sitting in. As you walk in, he's, like, smiling, and then he shuts down. He goes, what's up? Um, um, nothing. Uh... Bone Boy, Ravane, right? From the stove, Ravane goes, Bone Boy, 
Yes. Because <laughs> the, the bird, the bone bird, necromancy. Anyway, um, you got anywhere a guy could take a trance around here? Well, it's the middle of the day. You could use my room. Perfect. There's probably skeletons in there. I'll feel right at home. Yeah. Uh, third floor. Going up the stairs, not acknowledging Zed. He watches you the whole way up. You go up through the second floor where Willamine and Warren are sleeping. Warren is, like, zonked out. Yeah. yeah, Leo does check on him before he continues up the stairs. But then, yeah, I'm gonna go chill in Ravane's room and sit okay. down and try to find a way to put my mind in a meditative state after the day I've had. Yeah. It's a nice room. There are a bunch of woodland skeletons in boxes. As you, like, sit down on the bed, there is a cloud of, you think, dust that just kind of raises off of it. <sighs> Not getting too much action, buddy, huh? Ha <laughs> um, Actually, roll a constitution save. Nine. Okay, you take two damage. Gross. But yeah, you go ahead and take your long rest. I think when you wake up, you can, like, smell food from downstairs. And Zed is on the bed next to you, just fucking unconscious. Yeah, he's just gonna try to wake up Zed. I think Zed's a pretty light sleeper. So you nudge at his shoulder and he, like, sits bolt upright. What is that? We need to go, remember? Because that lady doesn't like me for whatever reason. Yeah, usually it takes a whole conversation before people decide not to like you. I'll remember that the next time you want a paycheck. He's got, like, a teasing smile on his face. You head out. The boat is still docked where you left it. I'm gonna go back to the city and see what has happened, especially because I think once we get back there, we're gonna be able to put a pin in the person that did this. Yeah, you row back across, like, the city. Zed complains the whole way because he only got, like, half a rest of sleep. He has a point of exhaustion. Row harder, pretty boy. I'm gonna smack you upside the head with his oar if you tell me to row harder again. Roll perception as you get close. Natural 20. A total of 26 to perception. The gates of Lockham are shut. Whoa. Well, that's not a good sign. Zed next to you says, what? The, the, the gate. <sighs> Honey. The gate's shut. Oh. Well, that's, uh, weird. I mean, we did technically kidnap the king. Zed, I want you to look at me. Uh-huh. I need those words to not come out of your mouth again, especially not once we are within the walls of that city. Do you understand what I am saying to you? Leo, I'm not stupid. There's no one around. And we did, I say again, technically kidnap the king. With his consent, I'm not sure how much kidnapping actually happened. Ten-year-olds can't consent shit. His <laughs> mother consented to it. <laughs> Is it kidnapping? No, it's summer camp. Shut the fuck up, Zed. Let's go. <laughs> yeah, we're, I'm gonna go up to the gate. I've, I've gotta get in there somehow. There is a little rustle from the bushes close to the road, and then a pebble comes out of the woods and just plinks off your head. Not fucking this again. And from the bushes, Eleonora goes, Psst! Get over here. <sighs> this might as well happen. Yeah, I go over. <laughs> You and Zed go over. She says, So Lockham's on lockdown. Let me guess, because the king and the queen regent are missing. Yeah, got it in one. Oh shit, the king and queen regent are missing and, and Dawn Chaser's dead. <sighs> Do we have an in? 
Unless you want to go through the sewers. You know what, Eleonora? I'm already deep enough in the shit that I wouldn't mind. Alright, let's do it. And Zed cracks his knuckles and says, Not the first time I've had to sneak through a sewer system. I would love to study you. He raises his eyebrows, winks, and says, Maybe later. So I'm going to do a group stealth check. Fifteen. You manage to sneak into the city sewer system. It's bad. Obviously it's bad. As you're walking, like, with her nose held, Eleonora says, So, everybody's, uh, settled and safe. Well, why did you not tell me that I'm not the only kind of elf there is? What the fuck are you talking about? There are, like, fucked up deer elves, and they think that I'm weird. I mean, you are weird, but... Leo just puts his hand up and just keeps walking. Like a thumbs up, like, yeah, they're good. You walk for a little while, and then Eleonora stops and says, uh, Stoneblum, if you could, uh, pop that grade over there. Zed goes, uh, probably. And then I'm gonna roll athletics for him. Zed rolled a six. And then Eleonora says, For fuck's sake, lift me, I'll get it. And Eleonora is gonna scamper up on Zed's shoulders. (laughs) And then shoulder at the sewer grate, and she rolled a a 19. So she pops the sewer grate open on one elbow. Goddamn. She just grins super big, like lopsided. Gentlemen. And then she hoists herself up onto the street. So you come up near the brass bell. Uh, You hear somewhat of an uproar uptown near the palace. Well, that doesn't sound good, shall we? Uh, we shall. That just grunts. You know, I was going to give you a bonus for this, but then you told me that I looked rough yesterday, so... <laughs> you don't look like you get enough sleep. I don't sleep at all, motherfucker, and I run off after <laughs> Eleonora. <laughs> As you're running, he just goes, I'm just saying, you look like you've been through a lot, like you're worried about a lot of shit. Leo does the thing where he coughs down a panic attack again. Case in point. As you near the palace, you see a halfling man in dark robes addressing a crowd. I'd like to roll an insight check onto who this dude is. Okay. 24. This is Chancellor Reginald Cobblehill. He is uh, one of the head advisors in Warren's cabinet. What's he saying? He is addressing the crowd. He is saying, we are forced to conclude that the young king has been either kidnapped or killed, and given that, we will be instituting a temporary rule by his advisors. The Queen Regent has also not been found. We know not whether she is a co-conspirator or if she has also been killed. I just want to roll another, and I'm aware it's probably astronomically high insight on this guy. Is this the dude? Okay. Ten... You have no idea. Okay, I mean, yeah, with this information being equally distributed to all of us, I'm going to turn back over to Eleonora and Zed and say, Okay, what now? Eleonora, like, has her hand over her mouth and goes, Does this read like a coup to anyone else? Absolutely. Fantastic. We should go back to the inn and figure out what to do next. She looks, like, a little stunned. Yeah, agreed. At this point, said. Uh, yeah, sure. Unless you want me to crack some skulls here, but... Let's wait! Yeah, I figured. You get back into the room. 
And Eleonora just picks something up off the end table and throws it against the wall. I also pick up a book or something small and chuck it against a wall. Zed says, well, since we're all being really productive and throwing shit, uh, does anyone have an X move? Eleonora sits down in bed and just buries her face in her hands. I think Leo's going to find the nearest place to sit down as well. Yeah, I think you sit next to Eleanor on the bed. Okay, 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 next move. Horse is out of the barn. There's no way to prevent this. Now it's mitigating damage. We have to assume that the people that orchestrated this are now the people in power. I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't do this. Warren and Wilhelmina are safe for the time being. For the next several weeks, at least. Gang, it might be time for us to distance ourselves from this. Eleonora just, like, folds over a little bit more, curls in on herself. Hey, 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 what's going on? Talk to me. Leo tries to get her by the hand, like, hold oh. both of her hands in his. It's not, oh god, Ugh. it's happening again. She, like, takes a deep breath, and she looks like she is also on the verge of a panic attack. How can I help? As you say that, she, like, takes a deep breath and shakes her head, and then... I know I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. I'm great. I'm fine. You're not great or fine. Is there something that we need to know? I forget the amount of everyone knows. Uh, it, it's fine. I just have bad experiences with, uh, political coups. Do you want to talk about it? Uh, Mr. Stonebloom, could you... I think we all need to eat. I think we need uh, a minute. And he goes, uh, sure. She just very tight smile and goes, I would very much appreciate it. And Zed knows when he's not wanted, so he ducks his head and, like, heads out of the room. Eleonora takes a deep breath and goes, How much do you know about uh, the Civil War? Would you believe me if I said next to nothing? Yes. Interpersonal conflict between Eisenhall and Stoutwood been going on for generations. It's, it, they're too close. They don't like each other very much. And we thought it was just going to be a territory scuffle again. And then it started expanding. Sewell got into it. Estermith could have and probably should have stayed out for longer, but my great uncle was the king at the time and he was itching to get more power on the council entered too early we were we were put under siege and people were hungry and angry and um and she takes like a really deep breath and goes up <laughs> uh they they were angry and they took the palace and uh, my great uncle died he had one son two daughters my uncle and aunties all dead, and their children all dead. There was... <laughs> she goes up to rub at her eyes and goes, uh, <laughs> my Aunt Diana had just had just had a baby, and uh, they never found it. All I know is it was stormed. We, we didn't live there at the time. It was just stormed, and everyone died, and things were in chaos for, for months. People were hungry, people were losing their homes, and it was just... Anyway, um, 
went into the war proper a few months later. My father tried to get us into the war, tried to win back some of the territory we'd lost, tried to get us out of the city. It went on for years. I was eight when it started, and about 13 when it ended. We lost my mother about three years in, and it just all snowballed. It just all got worse and worse, and I, <laughs> I don't even remember the end of it. It was just... Breathe. Eleanor. Yes, yes. It, Eleanor, yeah, breathe. Yes. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry I didn't know. I'm sorry I pushed you to talk about it. It's fine. It's fine. It's just... Oh, this is sort of a lot. <laughs> I understand in a way that's very different from the way you understand. She just, like, takes a deep breath and just puts her head back in her hands. And, uh, Zed comes back in, holding, like, a platter of just bar food. Yeah, Eleonora just curls up against the headboard of the bed. Alright, so the next question we need to ask is... What do we do? I don't know a way out of this that doesn't get Molia and Warren killed or exiled. I don't accept that. And Zed, he's just, like, sitting on the floor, and he crosses his arms and goes... Well, I'm not one for politics, but for my money, exile is better than death. <laughs> You'd be surprised, Ed. Hey, you're not dead, are you? Not yet. Not yet is better than yes, when it comes to that question. It, uh, comes to mind that I've never told either of you why I left Australia. Have I? Eleanor silently shakes her head, still, like, curled up in a ball. And uh, Zed just kind of puts his chin on his hand and goes, You haven't really told us much. I make a habit of not letting anybody know anything ever. I've noticed. Australia is a little bit of an isolationist country. I do understand this, especially now on the political stage that I am on. We are a governmental structure that I guess you would call a theocratic megocracy. I don't know what those words mean, says Zed. Everything's run off of the state religion, the Church of Kimrel, the God of Death, Justice, etc. Is that the bone dude that came and bothered you while you were sleeping the other night? Yes, that's the bone dude from- Eleonora from the headboard goes, what? Sometimes my god shows up to give me new spells and I'm naked in my bed and Zed is also there. Eleanor opens her mouth and puts a hand up and then decides that she's too depressed for this. But at any rate, every Valsine Archduke for the last uh, 10,000 years has been an extremely powerful sorcerer. As in, somebody born of magic. My mother, she was one of the brightest magical minds of her own age, a prolific divination wizard. Um, something happened to her when she had me and she couldn't bear children afterwards. I was not an ideal heir for many reasons. Leo flinches super hard. 
Zed raises an eyebrow and nods at, like he's figures something out and goes, uh-huh. Many reasons, not the least of which, was that I was born without any magical abilities whatsoever. Alanora says, I've seen you use magic. Not the kind of magic they wanted from me. I grew up, I was a relatively happy child, I had everything I wanted, my mother fought for me to have everything I wanted. So much happened. <sighs> I have a sister, a half-sister, who is herself an extremely powerful sorceress. My father decided that her appointment to the throne was preferable to my own. My mother disagreed. She, um... I need you both to understand that my mother is... was... one of the most stable people I had ever known in my life. Something happened to her. I don't know what... My father is a very powerful sorcerer. He can make people... He can make people see things. I've dealt with that myself. Make people see things, think things. Zed reaches out and puts a hand on her knee. My mother didn't go mad. She didn't. But whatever he did to her, it was enough to make people believe that she needed to be sent away. <sighs> She left when I was 55. I didn't hear anything from her after that. I can only assume that she was taken away, quietly murdered, so that my father could bring his bastard to court. That goes shit. And then many, many years later, my father told me that I had the option to either live the rest of my life in prison, or let my bastard sister assume my birthright, and I decided upon neither. So I left. Warren and Wilhelmina are not dying, and Warren Donchaser is not losing his throne. Zed nods. I'm here for whatever you want me to do. I just wish I knew what that was. Behind you, Eleanor takes a deep breath, and then she gets off the bed and she leaves the room. I follow her. When you start to follow her, she weighs you out. I'm taking a walk. Yeah, Leo sits back down on the bed if she weighs him off and doesn't want him. And he looks at Zed and he takes a really deep breath. <laughs> and he says, You've got about 15 seconds before I freak the hell out. And you don't get paid enough for this, so you might want to take a walk, too. Zed, uh, straightens his shoulders and goes, uh, this one's on the house. Cool, Leo breaks down sobbing. Yeah, Zed just, like, hesitantly puts a hand on his back, and he's gotta just hang there. Some time passes. Zed's still there. Just hand on your back. Um, Eleonora has come back in at some point, and she's kind of like laying on the floor, just looking at the ceiling, tossing a dagger. Okay, um, next step. 
God, what is our next step? Why do I have to decide our next step? Um, that says, because I have no experience with politics. And Eleanor says, because I'm a nihilist. Okay, next step. We find a culprit and we find proof. Yes? Good? Yes, uh, sure. Should we check back in with Warren and Melina? I don't have a way to. From here, it's a six-hour journey. I think Wilhelmina should get a voice in what happens next, don't you? Warren's too young to understand, but Wilhelmina is well aware of the political machinations here, more than any of us is. To the lake, then. You set back off again? Do we have to go back out through the sewers? <laughs> yeah. Oh, <laughs> man. Absolutely, yes. <laughs> oh, man. By the time you are across the lake, it is dark. Um, probably 10 o'clock at night. You hike back up through the woods to the tower, and roll me a constitution safe. Oh shit. Dirty 20. Okay. Out of the woods in the dark comes a shape. About five and a half feet tall, stocky. As the moonlight hits this figure, you process two things in quick succession. One, it is Ravain. Two, it is wholly and completely not the same person that you met earlier. As this figure comes out of the woods, ears twitching, you see that across that face there are growing mushroom heads. His eyes are glazed over, and he raises a clawed hand. You take two necrotic damage, Zed takes four necrotic damage, Eleanor takes two necrotic damage. As this creature with these sprouting mushrooms raises one clawed hand and opens his mouth in a big fanged grin, and cast fog cloud on the area around you as you all take this damage and choking on spores. That's gonna be it for us this week on Compeltable. <laughs> Everybody roll initiative. What? <laughs> I have no idea what is happening. I have so many questions. No, he's a necromancer. What? <laughs> Oh no. See you guys next time. Hey everybody, Barry here with the postscript, just taking care of a couple housekeeping things here at the end of the episode. Thank you so much if you're a returning listener. If you're new, welcome. Thank you guys for sticking with us. As always, we are on social media. You can find us on Twitter, Tumblr, and TikTok at Compelled Duel. We are also on TikTok at Compelled Duel Audios, where we post audio snippets from the show. Additionally, something I haven't plugged before, but we've actually had this entire time and I've never thought to plug. Whoops. We have an official Spotify account where you can find playlists that Al and I curate for every episode, as well as official character playlists, ship playlists, all kinds of cool stuff. 
If you're enjoying what you're hearing, we ask that you consider supporting us on Patreon. Our Patreon tiers started just $2 a month, and you get great perks like early access to episodes, special perks in the official Compelled Duel Discord, and access to exclusive playlists on that Spotify account that I was just talking about. A special thank you to our new patrons since the last time we've posted an episode, so thank you to Rhiannon and thank you to Rem T. Bright. We do have an official Compelled Duel website. If you head on over to www.compelledduelpod.wixsite, that's W-I-X-S-I-T-E dot com slash mysite, M-Y-S-I-T-E. We have all sorts of cool stuff over there. My wife did a really great job designing the website. Thank you, Chelsea. And as always, if you're looking for ways to support the podcast other than pledging to our Patreon, We ask that you drop us a rating and a review on Apple Podcasts. That helps us get promoted to a wider audience and grow our listener base a little bit more. And also, if you like what you're hearing on Compelled Duel, tell three friends about it. And if they enjoy it, tell them to tell three friends about it as well. Word of mouth advertising is really all we have going for us right now, and it's done a really amazing job at getting us promoted to a wider listener base. So we really appreciate all the work that you guys put in telling your friends about us. Next episode's going to be coming out on Friday, January 29th, 2021. Or if you are a member of our Patreon, it will be coming out on Thursday, January 28th. And that's about all. See you guys next week.